Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. This week on the ASP, I sit down with Amanda Celine Miller, who is the voice of Sailor Jupiter in Sailor Moon and in Sailor Moon Crystal. Plus, we pretty much nerd out about the 90s and anime and basically just all kinds of nerdy stuff. Enjoy! Welcome, everybody, to the Animation Station Podcast. My name is Josh, and joining me today, I have voice actress Amanda C. Miller. How you doing, Amanda? I'm pretty good. Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. Thanks for coming on. After all of the technical difficulties that we had, <laughs> we finally we finally started the episode. We did. We made it. <laughs> all right. Now, Amanda, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'm a voice actress. I live in L.A., and I guess you might know me from, uh, if you've seen Sailor Moon Crystal, I'm the voice of Sailor Jupiter. I'm also the voice of Sailor Jupiter in the Viz redub of the classic series, which gets a little confusing, so I just always want to clarify. Yeah. Like, I'm not the voice of your childhood. I appreciate it, but I would have been, like, seven. So, uh, yeah, I'm also the voice of Boruto in the Naruto franchise. I'm Naruto's son, so he's getting his own series soon. What up? Oh, nice. Yeah, I was I was wondering about that because I know you've done uh, the movie and uh, the game, but I didn't know if you could tell us if you had been cast for the actual series. Well, I'm doing, I know we're doing, the same cast will be doing the series. I just don't know when okay. we're starting. <laughs> like me and Robbie and Jeremy, like the other, uh, the voice actor for uh, Mitsuki and Sarada are like, when are we starting this? Because we're watching it on, I'm watching it like subtitled. Uh, on Hulu, and I love yeah. it. And I'm like, can we get this going? Because I want the world to see it. Uh, exactly. Now, um, were you? We'll just kind of go off of. We'll just kind of stick on Boruto for a second. Um, were you a fan of Naruto? I watched it. Probably, I guess there's so many episodes. Like, I, I think I watched like yeah. season one when it came out. Like, I don't know, 15 years ago. It was on Toonami, like back when I was in high school. So I watched. Yeah. Up through. The arc with the guy with the big sword and oh yeah Zabuza Z- 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 uh, yeah Zabuza okay yeah like I watched through that and I was like this is awesome and then I think I had like soccer practice each night or so- something something that made it harder to keep up with it and then by the time I came back I'm like I don't know what's happening yeah by the time you came back it's like episode 300 and you're like wait what right like <laughs> so I'm like isn't that person dead I don't know what's happening anymore <laughs> now uh, so were you a big fan of anime and animation growing up. Yeah, I still am a ridiculous cartoon watcher. Like, I would rather watch cartoons most of the time than uh, <laughs> live action. I mean, I watch live action, too. But, yeah, when I was a kid, I I watched Sailor Moon was actually, like, one of my favorite shows. So it's still so ironic that I get to be a part of it because I, yeah. I grew up uh, – I, I kind of grew up all over because I was an Air Force kid. But I remember I saw this show on German TV and I was like, there's these magical girls. And I didn't fully understand what was happening because my German wasn't that great. But I was like, what is this? There's like glitter and they transform and she's got long <laughs> hair. What's what's happening? And then um, so I would watch it, but I didn't really understand things. And I remember like I saw like a spoiler episode where I'm like, is that person that person's mother? Why is that lady in a big block crystal? I don't know what's happening. But I finally went to when I moved to the States in like fifth grade was when I it mm-hmm. was on Toonami. And so I finally got to watch it there, and I really identified with Sailor Jupiter because I was a tall, awkward, 
fifth grade tomboy and I played soccer and hockey. And uh, so when we played Sailor Moon with my friends, I always played Sailor Jupiter. So uh, that's that's great because uh, one of our co-hosts, Hannah, that's her favorite Sailor Scout as well, because when she grew up, she was a tall ginger girl who <laughs> so like and ev- like, she was always taller than everybody else. And so that's who she identified with was Sailor Jupiter and Sailor Jupiter is her favorite and so that's that's perfect that you know you both kind of relate to the same same character yeah like i it's weird i find that when i go to and maybe it's just because i play that character so i hear the people who related to jupiter more and maybe if i Mm -hmm. voiced mars i would hear people say oh i identify with sailor mars or whatever but it seems like there's a lot of people a lot of girls that identified with jupiter growing up i guess because like maybe in the 90s we were still kind of like oh girls can't do this or girls can't do that so jupiter was kind of like a whole she felt like it was like an in-your-face thing where it's like, who says a girl can't, you know, do karate and then bake a cake? Like, she kind of broke a lot of gender norms that I think we're just now starting to be okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that's... She, she, was a, she was a really cool role model because she, like, she was still just as soft as she was strong. Like, she wanted to be a bride and she really loved weddings and stuff like that. But then she could also throw a grown-ass man over her head. This is very true. Oh, are we allowed um, to swear? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I remember watching it um, on Toonami uh, when it first came out. Because I want to say it was either before, like a couple shows before, a couple shows after Outlaw Star. Yeah. So it was one of those, like, I would come home and be like, well, I'm ready for Outlaw Star. Oh, Sailor Moon's on. Might as well just watch it. Yeah. And so that's that's how, I, that's how I got into Sailor Moon. But then uh, when, uh, like you were talking about, uh, the Viz uh, dub came out. That was when everything just kind of imploded, and that's when, like, Hannah started coming down more, and we would watch Sailor Moon together, and, like, just being able to watch everybody and be like, oh, man, I, because I remember the old dub voices, Mm -hmm. but then being able to hear, but again, that's, like, early 90s dub. Yeah. And then when you hear the dub voices now, you're like, okay, yeah, this actually fits a heck of a lot better. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, the, oh. I, it's it's a weird position to be in because I grew up watching the Deke dub. And so that has a very special place in my heart. And like, I've met the cast. We've hung out at multiple cons and I love them. Um, so like, I wouldn't, I would never want to want to knock that. I just, it, it, I always kind of say it's like, there's now there's more ways to enjoy it. Like, you know, if you want to feel nostalgic, yeah. you can watch the original. If you want to, you know, if you want something that's closer to the the Japanese, you can watch ours, but like, they're not. I, I I don't know. I feel like some people felt like we were trying to replace it, and I'm like, no, no, no. I don't. I I still I still have my Luna Rock CD. I still like sing <laughs> along to like the you know the '90s like the Power of Love and Carry On. Like I got you, but um, yeah. I just that that means a lot that you guys watched both, and you were like, hey, they can coexist. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like it's definitely not one of those because I still love all of the old old stuff like we actually uh like after we had watched we, we had a discussion about old sailor moon and new sailor moon and then we were, we were talking about i wonder what the old stuff sounds like because we were like in my mind i remember tenchi like tenchi moyo sounding completely different in my mind than what it actually sounds like because like we went and because funimation had it and we went and we were listening to it again i was like wow this is not anything like i remember like i was remembering it really high pitched and kind of weird but then listening to it was like oh well that's not the way it is at all and this is the original audio so just being able to get that difference and you're like oh because like in your mind you think oh man the 90s stuff was all garbage 
But then when you actually go back and you're like, oh, okay, actually, this is not bad at all. Yeah, no, like, I, I loved it. And, like, I, uh, w- one thing, like, going back and listening, it was actually kind of a cool choice that they picked um, Terry Hawks to play Sailor Moon because she, does ha- she doesn't have the stereotypical anime girl voice. So yeah. it was a cool choice. Like, it gave her this kind of, I don't know if tomboyish is the right word, but it, it's deeper than more than other, uh, you know, a lot of times in anime, they want us to sound like babies. And I don't really, mm-hmm. that's not, my voice doesn't really go there that much. So I tend to play tomboys and young boys. But anyway, I don't know. I'm rambling, but I just. The uh, d- you're fine. <laughs> that's what this whole show's about. This okay. whole show is nothing but rambles. Excellent. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I just, I, it has a special place in my heart and I love them. And I think they're all super talented and like Susan Roman and I are buddies. And so I'm like. It, I would have never thought like like you know fifth grade ten year old me would have never believed you if you had been like hey in uh, like you know fifteen years you're gonna be you're gonna be hanging out with the voice who does Sailor Jupiter and you will be the new Sailor Jupiter and you'll be drinking in their hotel room and <laughs> laughing about stuff and making fun of each other's accents because they're Canadian. <laughs> So, uh, besides Sailor Moon, anything, like, really, you know, like, back in the day that you would always watch? Yeah, I mean, I did. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be anime. It could be whatever it is. Like, if you were a big fan of DuckTales or Tailspin. Oh, man. Something like that. I watched so many cartoons. But, like, you know, like, I I watched, like, Johnny Bravo, Dexter's Lab, like, Powerpuff Girls, all that. But my two favorites were Sailor Moon and The Real Adventures of Johnny Quest. Uh, nice. which which was also on Toonami, but everybody forgets that one because it wasn't anime. Uh, so like, yeah, I watched Gundam Wing, I watched Dragon Ball Z, I watched Tenchi, and all the other ones. But like, for some reason, I just loved me some Johnny Quest. Um, I loved Jessie. She was she was the race Bannon's daughter, and I I was so nerdy. I wrote like fan fiction in college for it that you'll never find. Uh, I I made music videos that are probably still on YouTube somewhere. For Johnny Quest, so, like AMVs for a non-anime. So did did you post any of those fan fictions? I think I did, but I don't even know where I could find them. But you could probably find the videos if you. Oh, just... we're gonna. I'm I'm gonna look for them. All right. Yeah, I, I think they're actually pretty good. Uh, yeah. If you, uh, I think it's under my. Yeah, if you just look look for Real Adventures of Johnny Quest AMVs, they're it's probably the only ones. And I'm a, you can probably figure it out by the username. I won't tell you what it is, but I'm sure you'll see it and be like, hmm, seems familiar. Like, there she is. So yeah. uh, so I take it more of a Cartoon Network kid growing up. I mean, I watched Nickelodeon, too, and I watched Disney, although we didn't have Disney for my whole childhood. I think it was like, that. Disney was one of those, I thought it was one of those premium channels. Like, you hung out with the cool friend who had it, but I didn't have <laughs> it for, um, let's see. No, I watched, oh my gosh, I... I watched Power Rangers all the time as a kid um, until Kimberly left, and then I didn't watch it anymore. Uh, yeah, same. After, uh, <laughs> you know, Adam left, I was like, no, nah, I don't care about the show anymore. It's so funny how, like, we'll be diehard fans, and then the moment it's like, nope, uh, you killed my favorite character, or nope, I, I don't care about the show anymore. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, I, I, I know I had a, uh, like, back when I was younger, like, when Jason left the first time with Trini and Zach, I was like, no, nah, I don't care about the show anymore. They just... It took my favorite ranger, and then yeah. Adam came in. I'm like, okay, I guess I can stay here. Like, you can't just replace, uh, I don't know. Like, sometimes they would, like, trade them out and be like, look, here's Cat. Here's the new pink ranger. And I'm like, no, this is, you're not my real mom. I don't know you. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, have you ever had? To, uh, have you ever talked to Tony Oliver? Uh, no, I have not. He would have some great stories because he was one of the executive producers on pa- on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. So like he helped really? bring it to the states. Yeah. So like he's a voice actor, but he like so he does a lot of anime, but he also <laughs> did that. So like. Uh, I would ask him, like, oh, how was this person? He's like, oh, they were a diva, or oh, you know, <laughs> the the Pink Ranger and the Red Ranger hated each other, or what? Like, just like all that funny background story stuff. Awesome. So now, so I, I'm taking it, uh, since you started doing the voice acting, you're getting into that circuit more, so you're able to talk with all these old voice actors, uh, producers, everything like that. Is that something that you really, really dig? Yeah, I mean, I... That was a dumb question. I mean, of course. No, it's all good. Like, I, uh, it's weird how you don't realize how small the voice acting world is until you're in it. And then once you're in it, you're like, oh, like this person voiced this person from my childhood. And the nice thing about voiceover is that it's more forgiving than the on camera world. So a lot of these people who did the voices when I was a kid are still doing it because even though they they look older, if their voice, you know, if their voice still works, they can keep working. So it's kind of cool to be working at the same time as these. As, you know, like, um, Jennifer Hale or, you know, I don't know, I'm, all these people, Jim Cummings, like, all these people who I listened to when I was, like, seven are still sounding the same and still, uh, I don't know. I'm, it's, 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 it's weird, though, sometimes to be like, oh, hi, and, like, walking out of a session and being like, oh, that's the voice of SpongeBob. Cool. We're just colleagues now. Like, doesn't feel real, I guess. So what made you want to go from a little girl watching Sailor Moon soccer practice to becoming a voice actor? Well, the goal was to just become an actor in general, which was funny because okay. I was just always so shy. Um, I would even before I was in school, like when I was in when I was four or in kindergarten or whatever, I would put on performances for my parents, but I would make them not look at me. Like, I'd be like, I'm going to put out, I'm going to perform, but don't look at me. And they're like, how, that's kind of counterintuitive if you want to be an actor. So the joke's on them. But, um, because I found a job that allowed me to perform without having people look at me. But I, uh, yeah, I, I did a play in like sixth grade or, um, not sixth grade, eighth grade. And I just came out of my shell. Like, and so I realized, oh, theater is the place for me. Like I could channel my introverted weirdness and people actually enjoyed it. Um, so I kind of found myself through the stage and I was a theater major in college. I got a scholarship for it. And at first I was going to go to New York and I'm like, oh, that's what all good theater actors do. They go to Broadway. (laughs) Um, but then I took Tony Oliver's voice acting class called Adventures in Voice Acting. And he, he travels all over the country and does it, but I did it, uh, when he came to Maryland, uh, because that's where I went to college. And he pulled me aside after the class and he's like, you have a future in this business. And so that kind of started getting me to think of like, Oh, well what, what other cities can you act and where can you do this voiceover stuff? And so LA is where most of the, the video games and animation that you see on TV and, and that you play on your PlayStation, whatever. Uh, most of that's done here. So I shifted gears instead of going to New York, I went to LA and I've been here about eight years and, I've been doing mostly voiceover, but I'm still. Tr- I'm also trying to do on camera. I'd love to do TV stuff too, but it's it's uh, hard to get into. So, so um, dream job. We'll we'll just we'll just kind of that was kind of something I was saving for the end. Dream job. You get to do either on camera 
uh, voiceover, whatever. It's anything. Everybody's approached you, so you can basically do anything you want. You can do a Disney, Nick. You can do an anime, whatever. What do you want to do? Well, I've started working on some Disney stuff that hasn't come out yet, so I can't really say what it is. But like gotcha, that's gotcha. that's kind of that's the dream because original animation is more free than um, than anime because anime you have to kind of match a pre-existing performance. You have to match the mouth flaps, whereas with Disney or Nickelodeon or whatever, they're animating to you, so you can create the character from scratch and do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So. That's been really fun to do, and I have a show that, if it goes, I'd be a series regular lead on it, so that would be really exciting. But uh, anyway, my dream would be to, and I'm kind of making steps to make this happen, I would love to be like an international actor, because I was born in Germany, I, my mo- my mother's from France, so like I have a lot of international experience, and I would love to like live in London and work on projects in LA, fly back and forth, be one of those, I guess, diva actors who's like, oh yes, I'm flying to Paris for a film, or I'm flying, <laughs> you know, I'm doing a, I'm doing a run on Broadway, because that would be, okay, so I guess the dream would be being like a Tina Fey, where like, I'm a performer and writer, because I love to write, uh, and like having kind of the sway to be able to like create and produce my own shows that I also get to be in um, for TV, doing some cool indie films, like I don't need to be like, I don't need to be like an A-list celebrity or I don't need to be super famous, but I'd love to just do quality TV and indie film work and maybe be on like the West End or Broadway, but not like a long-term thing because I think I'd get bored doing the same show for like, you know, eight days, eight eight shows a week for 12 months. Like I'd probably want to do like, you know, celebrities get to do short runs. So I guess, I don't know, but I don't want to be a celebrity. That's the problem is like, I don't want people to see me, but I want to have the power in the industry to be able to be like, I want to make this show or I want to do this play. And people will be like, sure, we want you. So whatever that, whatever that is, I don't know. <laughs> a not quite celebrity would be the dream, I guess. Now, have have you thought about doing um, any of like, uh, like voice casting, anything like that? I enjoy casting on like a casual basis like you know if my friends are looking for a certain person i love kind of connecting the dots and being like oh you need to talk to this person uh i i don't think i'd do it professionally because it feels a little bit like playing god and it makes me so anxious because (laughs) you know you're listening to hundreds of auditions and everybody's hoping to get the part and you're like oh what if this person deserves it more than this other person and uh, you know what if they just had a bad audition but they are actually right for the part and the one who sounds right for the part is going to be terrible and uh, uh, you know like like you want to give everybody the part you just want everybody to be happy but only one person can end up getting that part so i think ultimately i probably wouldn't I'm not cut out to be a casting director, even though I like I like it in theory. Gotcha. I mean, yeah, that that makes sense because I mean that is a lot of power for something that could turn wrong real quick. Right, because like you know, if you're casting, like a, a client is paying you or your studio to make this thing, they have a budget, and so they have a certain budget for like you know, each session an actor does. If you hire somebody and then they screw the production over or they take way too long and they're taking a bunch of extra sessions to get something done, but you've only budgeted them to have like two sessions, then you're mm-hmm. costing the the producers or you're costing the production more money all because you made the wrong call. Or, you know, maybe they end up not being right for it and then you have to recast and re-record everything. I've heard that has happened on a show where they recorded like a whole season and then Japan heard it and was like, nah, and then they recast somebody. So it's a waste of money, but 
That yeah, that would that would definitely suck. Yeah, like for the actor, for the like producers, like it's not fun for anybody. So I, I don't know, but it is it is a little bit fun too, being able to like if you if you put somebody in the role and they're perfect for it. Like I've done that before, where I helped somebody cast something and they were like, "Oh my gosh, this person was a a hidden gem." And I'm like, "You're welcome." <laughs> so now, now does that happen a lot? Where, um, like in your experience, where you basically recorded everything, everything looks good, and then halfway through, like right before production, they're like, you know what, we want to scrap this, we wanted, we want you to do something else. Has that happened to you before? I mean, I think there's always like last minute changes, because there's a lot, when you're producing anything, whether it's like on camera or voiceover, there's like a million cooks in the kitchen. So like, you might have casting on board with somebody, and then the director's on board, but then... And you've started filming, and then some suddenly some network exec is like, "I don't like their face. They look like my ex girlfriend." And then suddenly you have to like scramble. Um, so yeah, that it definitely happens. It's not often because usually they try to get it right in pre production before you've actually mm-hmm. started working on it, so they're they're not wasting money. But like even in uh, was it was it Back to the Future? Didn't they film like half yeah, they the filmed, movie? Like the majority of like a good like half of the movie, and then recast for michael j fox yeah like it's just <laughs> i i feel bad for was it eric stoltz i think who was originally i think so that yeah i was trying to think who it was and we're like i didn't want to like throw a name out there and it'd be wrong yeah, i think that i think eric stoltz is right but yeah i feel bad for him because it's like that role went on to be iconic and you know it made michael j fox's career but that being said maybe it wouldn't have been iconic if they had kept eric because they said it was more serious it wasn't a comedy and that's why they had to redo it so like Ultimately, I guess everything worked out for the best, but it's like that would stink if I got recast and they ended up, that person ended up making a career out of the role that I got kicked out of, but oh, yeah, that would definitely suck. <laughs> so, w- which do you like doing more? Cuz I mean, like I I'm starting to do the voice acting thing, like kind of, uh and so like I've like my my coach and teacher he's been giving me scripts and everything like that. So I'm like I'm I I look at these scripts and do you like doing more of like the voiceover stuff for like animation or do you like doing it more uh like on the video game side because i know you have some hmm. video game credits so like do you do you like doing the video games more or like the actual like tv animations it depends i definitely i like them both i think video games i feel like are a little bit more challenging than uh on camera or not sorry on camera uh Video games are more challenging, I think, than original animation because video games, you have to... A lot of times you're getting the lines out of context. So, you know, it's like, we're just going to plug this in. If the player is trying to get more ammo, they say this. Like, it's more like you kind of have to imagine a lot more, whereas in original animation, you get a script as if it was like a play. Like, you're seeing what the other people are are saying to you. So you can... It's more natural to, to act in that aspect. Um, because, yeah, and a lot of times in original animation, you might even have the other actors in the room. Not always, but it's nice when you, because then you can really play off of them. But yeah. um, video games, I think I've I've only acted off of somebody once in a video game, and it was like for like thirty minutes. But most of the time, you're by yourself, and it's uh, like yesterday I had a session, and like I like almost lost my voice because it's like four hours, and it's, people love zombie games lately so every game is like a zombie game and you're just like 
So you have to do a bunch of lines where it's like, okay, so this line, you're being lit on fire because you got bit by a zombie and they're trying to make sure that you don't spread the play or you know zombie virus to anybody. So just scream for 12 seconds, bloody murder as if you're set on fire, you know, or imagine that here you're climbing up a hill and then you trip and fall and then, um, you, and then you fall on a pike and you die a slow death. Like, it's just like a lot of, Jeez. a lot more imagination and specificity and a lot more vocal I don't know, flexibility or I don't know. It's uh so I, I guess I think it's, I think it's definitely, it feels more cushy when I do original animation. It's, it's a little easier. I feel like I have to definitely earn my money more when I'm doing video games. Yeah. Cause like, I, I know I've asked that question a lot and it's pretty, I, I've noticed that it's pretty consistent to where, yeah, I like doing the actual animation more than the game. Just because I, it, like between all the efforts and all the different, you know, like, or lack thereof of some of the direction that they give you, it's it's a little bit easier to do the animation because, like you said, you have the whole script in front of you or a good yeah. chunk of the script for your stuff so you can read exactly what's playing on in the scene and it makes it a little bit better. Yeah, you get the, you get the context. And also with video games, especially now, which is good, though, because they... A lot of video games, they want to sound very cinematic. So they're trying to go away from, like, video game reads and go towards more, like, on-camera reads, which are really subtle, really naturalistic. So on in that aspect, I like it because sometimes animation gets a little big and goofy, which is fun, but it's nice to sometimes really chew into, like, you know, as a theater actor, it's nice to be able to do, you know, drama and really be like, you know, when the, when the zombies came, blah, 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 and my, you know, my sister. It's always something like that where it's like... Sad sob story, but it's always I like I like doing those. Nice. So, um, what has yeah? This will be a question that you may or you may or may not be able to answer. So, what has been one of your favorite? Ex- well, l- let's change it. What's been some of your favorite experiences while you're recording? It, I was gonna say like, what's your favorite you know voice to record? But we'll just say what have been some of your favorite experiences while recording? Oh, uh, I don't. I. Just kind of like like all of it, but yeah, like sometimes you get into like a super saiyan mode where you're just like feeling the flow and you're just doing a session and the, you're just like you and the director are all in sync and like it's hard to describe. It's kind of just a very very actory BS, I guess. But like I I get into this mode and I just feel like like ecstasy where I'm just like I'm like man. I'm having so much fun. The director's having fun. We're killing. We're knocking out these lines. We're getting done early, and I'm just kind of like overwhelmed by like the fact that I'm here. Like I'm in Los Angeles, working on a freaking video game or an anime. Like I just, I know it's kind of vague. I'm trying to think of like a specific moment, but maybe one will come to me later. Ah, sorry. <laughs> oh, you're fine. Um, what about? I I kind of thought that was your idea. You're just like ping. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it came. There it is. Uh, so uh, I guess we can go ahead and ask it. I mean, if, if, if you want to answer it, if you can't answer it, um, what's been your favorite character to uh, bring to life? Hmm. Uh, I feel like I feel like everybody always gives the answer. Like, it's like my children. I can't pick one. Yeah. Uh, I really, I mean, like, I like, I like all of them. But I think the one I just have the the biggest blast with is uh, Junko from the Danganronpa video games. Yeah, nice. I feel like I can't say too much more without spoiling things, but it's nice to have 
a character that literally just has no limits or boundaries. All right, Amanda. So what have been some of your favorite video games? Not that you voiced or anything, unless, you know, a game that you absolutely love playing is a game that you voiced. So, like, uh, but what, like, so, what, so what are some of your favorite video games? One of my favorites was, it's not, I guess it, it is a video game, but I used to kill it at DDR, like Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> in high school. I like, I could, I got so good at some of those songs that like, even when I was drunk, I could still get an A in DDR, which I don't know if that's an accomplishment. That could just be super nerdy. But uh, yeah, I also really like this game that's a Kinect game, uh, which I guess is Kinect even around anymore. Um, I know, like I had one when they first came out with the uh, with the with the ones, and then they slowly phased them out, and I don't even think they they're supported anymore. Ugh, I had so much fun with what there was. Uh, there was a dance game on there. I can't. I think it was like dance. Central or something. Dance Central, yeah. That was really fun, but my favorite was um, Power Up Heroes, which was like hmm. a superhero game, but you are, your movements, like it's a fighting game, but you're actually moving. So like, you know, if you if you reach up and then punch down, your character on screen would like take a, you know, it would, it would like punch the earth and make an earthquake. And like, and like it was just really cool and like you could train you could change which suit you wore so like if you were in one of them it would be like your this like fiery magma guy so then your attacks would be something else or if you were the electricity guy you'd have like an electricity whip where you could like you know pull your arm back and like it it basically was a way to get you to move and like i got a workout from it but it was (laughs) so much fun because you're you're forgetting that you're working out because you're like i'm a freaking superhero that's that sounds awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of sad that I mean, I'm, unless maybe the Xbox ones have it built in that you can do well, like, well, motion sensors. Well, they had like when they fir- when they first came out, they had the actual like connect little thing that you had to plug in, and then it sat on top of your Xbox. Or a lot of people just used it for the voice command, so they like put it behind their TV so it Ugh. couldn't see them. No, I didn't like the voice command thing because it would like listen to your conversations. So like, yeah. you weren't even saying like, you, you would say something even remotely similar to Xbox and you would realize that it was like, and you didn't realize it was listening to you and then you turn around and the TV's like Googling something and I'm like, whoa, no, 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 Xbox, go away, stop it, go home. Yeah, that, that happened a lot. And I, see, like, I, but that, that was one thing I really liked about the, the Xbox because I could literally just do Xbox on and it would turn all of my stuff on, turn my sound bar on, my TV, uh, my Xbox, put everything up. And then you could just tell it what to do, you know, and, but then they got rid of it. So, so it's not but voice that, activated anymore. Like you just, I, I don't think so. Like they took away like all of the functionality for it. Like I, you used to be able to say Xbox snap and it would basically do like a picture in a picture. So you could be like farming in destiny and then you could have Netflix up and be watching Netflix. Interesting. I And then they just got rid of it. I never really liked voice command stuff, but I feel like it never understood me, so it was more trouble than it was worth. But yeah. I had I had an interesting job for a while when I first moved to LA. Like I had like three different jobs I was doing. I was babysitting, but one of the other jobs I was doing was like transcribing, and mm-hmm. transcribing was really interesting because basically whenever you sign up for like I don't know 
any of those voice command things, whether it's like your iPhone or Gmail or whatever, like there's stuff in the fine print that we scroll past. That's basically like, you're agreeing that we can use your recordings for research. And a lot of people don't know that. So basically my job was to listen to people's pre-recorded like voice to text commands and transcribe them so that we could teach the computer to understand human speech better. Um, and so some, a lot of them were just really generic, like, you know, find the nearest Wendy's, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma or whatever. But a lot of, some of them were like texts to people and those got real juicy sometimes. Cause sometimes it was like, Because you could hear the emotion in their voice, but you only got that snippet. You didn't know who it was from. You just got that clip and that was it. So it's like, you know, like I I would imagine these stories, like somebody would be like, I can't (laughs) believe that you would choose her over me after all that we've been through. And that's all you get. Um, You know, (laughs) although for me, I'm like, that's interesting that you would voice to text that. Uh, Yeah, right. It's like maybe maybe you just pull over and maybe text that out. Right. Or just call. Yeah, call maybe or... Yeah, and then there were some times where it was awkward because people were sending more risque texts to each other, and I was Ooh. like, mm, that's one I would have typed. I would not have uh, voiced a text to that, <laughs> especially because one of them was in Publix, like at the grocery store. And I'm like, why what would you heck? be voiced to texting that in a grocery store? People can hear you, woman. That's that's bizarre. I mean, yeah, usually you don't do that like in a Kroger or Whole Foods. I maybe, mean, maybe, may- maybe you wait. <laughs> Yeah, maybe maybe like a Vons, but not quite a <laughs> not a Publix. Oh man, I mean, yeah, I have that problem with my uh, with my iPhone because I have uh, like my boss at work. Her name is Sherry, and so I'll just be like, "Hey, Sherry, I got a question." And then, oh, like right now, my phone turned off. <laughs> Siri's like, it, yes? "It'll pop. It'll probably like, yes, my name is that's my name." And you're like, "No, stop. It's not. <laughs> Go away, Siri." Oh man, that's uh, it's always fun. And like I had like we had to change Alexa because it sounded too close to something else. Mm-hmm. So so now we had to go to computer because nothing no one says computer anymore. <laughs> That's so, true. I guess yeah. I like, guess we say like MacBook or desktop. Yeah, be like let me get my laptop or yeah, yeah like that. Because like yeah, like Echo sounds too much like something. Alexa sounds too much like something. So computer is like that's like more digits. Like that's more syllables. It doesn't know. Plus, it just sounds cool to say, like, computer, show me the latest, you know, weather report. Exactly. It's very, it's very Star Trek. And yeah. It uh, <laughs> makes, me, makes me feel like a kid again. Computer. Uh, we'll just, okay, let's, let's go with this. So, um, you said you'd rather watch more animation than, like, live action stuff. But I, do you watch any live action stuff? I, I watch I watch more TV than most people should. So I watch plenty of live action stuff. Oh, oh, I doubt that, ma'am. <laughs> uh, I... Part of it, though, is research, because I'm also a writer, so it's like, you know, I I think watching TV has helped me passively become a better actor and a better writer, and I'm able to watch something now and be like, mm, people wouldn't actually say that. Um, but let's see, what am I watching live action right now? I go through weird phases where I'll only watch half-hour comedies, and then I think, okay. I'm, I think I'm moving into a drama phase again. But, like, a lot of times, life's too heavy for me to deal with a drama, um, yeah. Although one of my favorite dramas is Vikings. Um, but that's just because it's also like, it's freaking Vikings. So it's not just drama. It's like action and sexy Nordic men uh, with, <laughs> with axes and their shirts off. Um, let's see. And what else am I? I'm watching uh, on Netflix, the Mar- or not Netflix, 
Amazon, The Marvelous Miss, Mrs. Maisel. It's like this kind of like retro is it, comedy. Is is that the one where she's uh, like she's doing stand up? Yeah, it's like in the fifties, okay. and it's this housewife whose like husband like leaves her, and she like goes to a bar and just starts doing stand up about it, and like she's like becomes. I, I don't know. It's probably not based on a true story, but I like to imagine it is. And so it's, that it is. It's also just got this like cool, bright quality. Like it's like fun and cute. So I've been watching that. Uh, what have I? Parks and Rec is one of my favorite shows of all time. So I'll, I can rewatch that any day. Agreed. Like that's. I'll say like when I'm editing or anything like that, Parks and Rec is usually what I put on. Or if I have to clean around the house, anything like that, I'll pop on Parks and Rec, just because. But it it is a curse because then you'll you'll get into like that you know really good ep- parts with you know Adam Scott and Rob Lowe and you're like well now I'm just gonna have to sit here and watch Rob Lowe because dang yeah like I don't really rewatch TV shows often because there's so many shows out there that I need to catch up on but Parks and Rec I could I I could rewatch it again and again because there's so much it's so it's smart and funny and also for me it's my style of comedy where I ca- I. I don't need jokes as much as I like relational comedy and like, you know, like you watch Parks and Rec, not for like the one liners. Like it's not necessarily like a sitcom, like Big Bang Theory or whatever. It's more like you watch Parks and Rec because you love the characters and you love Mm -hmm. seeing the way Leslie and Ron interact or Tom and Don, uh, you know, Donna or whatever. Like you just, you're just like, basically like, so like I I made a web series called Ghosts and Stuff Inc. on YouTube and I kind of say it's like Parks and Rec meets like Ghostbusters or Scooby-Doo. And so you'll probably see like a lot of influences there because I just love the idea of like the show not being as much about what they do as it is about how they do it and the way they interact. Um, so Parks and Rec taught me a lot in that regard because you, you watch episodes where they're camping. Like you don't actually care about whether yeah. they do something with the parks or or recreation <laughs> like you, you're like i i don't i don't really care what case they're working on or you know the playground i would watch them go to mars because i love those people and the way they interact yeah exactly like like the the flu episode yeah love probably one of my favorites just because and again like chris Traeger, my favorite character pretty probably on that show next to april and andy but yeah like he comes in he's like oh yeah i'm fit as a fiddle and then just like body's like a microchip and then he just breaks down right, he's like we're, we're mortal we're all gonna die oh man oh, i could talk about parks and rec all day but i can't one thing um, i like about so, parks and rec, so, though, so, oh sorry oh no go, sorry go ahead i was just gonna say one thing i like about parks and rec is also that it shows you that no, nothing's perfect right off the bat so like for an artist that's really cool because like season one everybody's like meh but then season two and on, it was brilliant. So it kind of shows that even yeah. a brilliant show like Parks and Rec needed time to like find its bearings. So I think that's kind of a good lesson for any actor or writer or artist to be like, hey, you're not going to fart out something brilliant on your first try necessarily. That's 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 good advice. So yeah, just all aspiring artists, uh, voice actors, writers, anything like that, watch Parks and Rec. Right, like you know, like they. It, it wasn't perfect right out the gate or like I'm a big Joss Whedon fan and I'm like, Oh, he like, he probably was brilliant right away. It's like, no, like he had Tina Fey, all these other people, they probably put out some stinkers at first or they had a learning curve and each show they did was better than the previous one. So just be patient, I guess. I don't know why I'm giving advice. You didn't ask for it, but here it is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my advice. 
No, that's that's like the one of the main uh, topics of this podcast is tangents. So it all works out. Perfect. So uh, in any of the um, like super big like culty TV shows like the Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead, stuff like that, or do you kind of you know try to stay more in that comedy? type area the past year or two i've been more in the comedy area but like yeah i I watch game of thrones i'm not caught up on the previous season because i was too cheap to renew my hbo subscription (laughs) and i'll probably just need to steal someone else's password uh (laughs) but i what other shows i watched one season of walking dead i don't really care that much about zombies and people kept trying to tell me walking dead's not about the zombies it's about the people but they were freaking liars (laughs) exactly it's like when well See, I, I stopped watching after, like, the, basically this season. I just, I'm like, you know what? Now the zombies aren't even a thing. It's like, in the first season, it's like, oh my gosh, zombies, we gotta run. Now it's like, oh yeah, there's some zombies. Let's just walk around them. Right. I'm like, well, well, now it's just people drama, and I don't care about that. I want to see the zombies. Right, like, I guess that's that's the other thing, is like, I... I didn't care about the characters enough to be like... Like, for me, I'm like, no, I want to see you not get eaten. But some of the characters, I'm like, I would happily see you get your head eaten off. So... Yeah. I guess that just... But who knows? I watched... I I did... I think I gave the whole first season a shot. But wasn't my thing. Um, trying to think of any other major shows. I mean, I watched... I mean... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just... I had a thought, and then I... What do I watch? I watch some big stuff. Like, no, that's more comedy. Like, I've been watching, like, The Good Place or, but that's comedy. Yeah. Are there any other what big ab- ones you're thinking of? Uh, no, I mean, I, I was about to say, what about animation-wise? Animation-wise, I really love uh, Steven Universe. I love, nice. I guess I am, I guess I've always been kind of more of a Cartoon Network-leaning gal, because I also really like, uh, it's just a weird, like, <laughs> I love Adventure Time. Uh yeah uh gumball like there's a really weird quirky sense of humor that they have now that they've cultivated where it's like it's it appeals to adults and kids so i definitely really dig that um what else have i been watching oh my gosh i watch so many different things all the time that i like bounce around gotcha yeah i'm uh See, Steven Universe is is one of the ones that I I really haven't gotten into. Mm-hmm. Like everybody everybody raves about like the story's good and like I've heard some of the songs and everything and I'm like these are freaking fantastic. Uh, same thing with uh uh my gosh, what's the name? Adventure Time because isn't it one of the same Yeah, I think Rebecca writer, like, Sugar songwriters. Rebecca Sugar was either a songwriter or a writer or both on Adventure Time. So it's got similar quirkiness to it but there's also like a heartfelt nature to steven universe that i really like and i also like that steven's not annoying because a lot of times kid characters can be like really obnoxious and like i'm just gonna get into trouble blah 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 but like steven's just got such a good heart and so you root for him and you you want to see him succeed and you want to see him like learn about his powers and all that stuff so awesome uh any any of the other stuff like any of the anime type stuff, the Netflixy type stuff. Haven't really. It's weird. I guess that I feel like that's always a thing. Like once you get into a profession, you watch it less or something. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't watch anime as much as I used to. Like when I was really into anime, it was probably college or high school, and I was watching. Like one of my favorites was Paranoia Agent. Um, oh man, I remember the, the kid with the skates in the bat, right? Yeah, like I love yeah. really smart 
dark stuff that makes you think. And Paranoia Agent was so good. So that was... So that's definitely not recent, but that's, like, if we're just going, like, favorites, that's one of them. Um, I was just watching uh, Gundam Seed, because my friend Stephanie is producing it, so she needed me to watch some episodes to, like, make sure there were no mistakes. And so while I was watching it, I got really into it. And I was never... I liked Gundam Wing, but I never was, like, that crazy about the Gundam franchise. But now I guess I've realized, I'm like, oh, it's just like a soap opera in space. And I kind of dig... Yeah, that I felt I felt kind of kind of like trash because I'm like, ooh, I hope this character gets together with that character and like shipping other people and. No man, that's that's one of the hardest things is shipping now. It's it's like I I remember growing up, like when shipping like wasn't an actual thing. Like people were like, oh my OTP is this, anything like that. They were like, oh man, like you you would have like your like your Tenchi talks and you'd be like. I hope he gets with Iyaka. It's like, no, I hope he gets with Yoko. And you would have stuff like that, but now it's just like this... I, I would even say it's like its own like culture, like the whole shipping wars. And uh, yeah, I try to stay out of them because it's dangerous in there. Yeah, I probably have made the mistake of shipping certain of my characters and mentioning that at cons. Because like, I, sh- I should probably just stay neutral and be like, every ship is valid. Because like... Sometimes I'll like people will be like, "What do you think of this character with this character?" I'm like, "Nah, this character with that character." And like I I might be I might have people who want me dead now. I have no idea because <laughs> it does get really heated. Okay, so let's just uh let's go ahead and, and take the we'll do the 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 hardest question of today's uh podcast. Favorite well, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> uh, favorite cartoon growing up? Just this is like this is like we'll put your favorite cartoon of all time and your favorite anime of all time. But see, I can and we'll and and I can say anime like we we could put animated movies in there too. Oh, so like shoot. if you really really love, uh, let's say Lion King, like if that's the your favorite animated thing of all time, throw Lion King in there. Hmm. It's hard. I mean, I feel like I've already kind of mentioned my two favorites. Like growing up, I like animation. I guess would be the Real Adventures of Johnny Quest, and then anime would be Sailor Moon. What is Sailor Moon? But if you go, because what I loved about Johnny Quest also was I think it was ahead of its time because it was kind of like an action adventure thing before that demographic really became popular. Like if they tried to do it now, I think it would do much better because now we have like you know Legend of Korra or whatever. Like you have cartoons that are more like serialized action adventure things um whereas back then people were like nah we just need was it two stupid dogs or whatever um i i loved the paranormal investigation aspect of johnny quest i loved that they were traveling the world and learning about mayan culture or whatever so like that was really cool but i i don't know if i if i had to go like Disney wise, I think my favorite one, and I might be probably the only one, but my favorite was Hunchback of Notre Dame. I was a very dark, brooding kid, I guess, but I just lo- I just thought it was the most beautiful thing ever. I loved the music. It was just ah, I don't know, like taught you about you know, it taught you about like prejudice and injustice and and you know hypocrisy in the church and good and evil and light and dark. And I was just like, oh, beautiful. So. <laughs> that that is I, I'll 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 say this. That's a first. 
Like, I don't know anybody who's like, Hunchback of Notre Dame. I was a very mature kid, I think, because I hated sidekicks. Like, I literally, once I learned how to edit, I made a version of Hunchback of Notre Dame without the gargoyles because they got on my nerves. So, like, See, that, that was my problem with Hunchback of Notre Dame was the gargoyles. I get it. Like, they put, they put those characters in there for the kids. But the thing is, as a kid, I didn't like being pandered to. Like, I didn't... I never really liked the animal sidekicks in movies, but maybe that means I have no soul. Like, I, I guess I've just, I'm not a big animal person or something, but like, to me, I'm like, you know, in Pocahontas, you have the raccoon and the, and the dog, like Percy, and they're just like getting yeah. into trouble. I'm like, guys, the, the grownups are trying to have a story here. Move your little shenanigans along. Nobody's got time for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, I've said it multiple times on the show. I am not a fan of just like the comic relief character. Like this character is only in here. He's not going to, or they're not going to do anything for the story. They're just there for, like, little kids and stuff like that. Like, for me, that's what Olaf was. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I, worst part of the movie for me. Everything else I I enjoyed, but I'm like, get Olaf off the screen. I mean, he's just there because he's, I didn't mind him for some reason. Like, I mean, but I definitely, I, yeah, I don't like it when anything breaks the tone of the movie too much. And I do feel like sometimes with Disney they do that, where, like, the movie will be having one vibe, and then you'll have a goofy sidekick, and it does... Yeah. Like, I get it, you're trying to appeal to the kids, but, like, kids aren't stupid. And, like, I could sense it as a kid that I'm like, you don't belong here, you're annoying, get off my screen. Yeah. All right, now, I'll say this, Amanda, this has been super fun. Yay! Uh, real quick, do you have anything upcoming that you're allowed to talk about that you want to share? Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Um, check, uh, the, check the MDAs. Okay, yeah, the cool stuff I can't talk about. Like, I have a couple things I did for DreamWorks and a couple things I did for Disney, but I can't talk about any of them. And then animation takes so long that they probably won't be out for another year or two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, let's see. I'll be at some conventions coming up. So I'll be... Sweet. Uh, I will be going to Anime boston the weekend of march 31st uh the weekend before that i don't know if actually if i'm allowed to say it yet i'll be at a, a convention in denver i don't know if i'm supposed to say the name yet or not okay uh and then the weekend after i'll be at in uh mississippi oh gosh this people are gonna hate me i already screwed it up <laughs> on social media once is it uh tupelo Oh man, uh, Johnny on the spot. I have no clue. I because I was like, is it Tupelo or Tupelo or Tupelo? And people were like, it's. I think they said it's Tupelo. Like you idiot. Um, so yeah, I'll be there uh, on April seventh, and th- there's some coming up later in the year, but I don't think they're announced yet. Um, you think you're gonna be able to make it to Acon? Where's that? Is that in Ohio? Uh, that's in Dallas. Okay. I, it's weird. I don't get invited to a lot in Dallas. I wonder if it's because huh. I wonder if there's like a weird West Side Story like rival thing oh. against maybe, Funimation maybe or something. I don't. I don't know. Like, um, who, who knows? Yeah, I'd 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 be down for that. Um, but no, like I'm friends with a Funimation actress. I don't know if maybe people just don't invite us because it's expensive to fly people from L.A. or um, maybe because like there's there's a lot of Funimation down there. Yeah, so it's easier for them to just be like, hey, can you just drive to this con that's right in your backyard? Um, yeah, what else do I have? I I can't talk about that. Yeah, that's, I guess that's, that's not that interesting. 
Uh, I'm in a play right now in L.A. called Year of the Rooster, and it's at Theater of Note, and we run through March 24th, but I won't be there the closing night because I'll be at one of the conventions. So, nice. Yeah, and then I have a YouTube series that's not new, but I'm still trying to get people to watch it, and it's Ghosts and Stuff, Inc. on YouTube. Yeah, I, I wrote that down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it out tonight. It's definitely like... I think it gets better as it goes. Like once you, if you hit the Dia de los Muertos episode, that's kind of where I really, that's the sweet spot I wanted to get to where it feels more parks and rec to me, where it's more about like the friendship and it's got like sweet mm-hmm. and funny. Um, but I, I think they're all, I think they're all funny and I'm my own worst critic. So hopefully other people <laughs> find them funny too, but you know, it's hard. Everybody's, there's so much content on the internet. It's hard to get things seen. So still pushing it. Nice. Now, uh, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter, you can find me at Amanda underscore Celine. So C E L I N E. Why did I? Why did I not even know my own name? I was like, I like second guess myself. Yeah, C E L I N E. Uh, and then, um, wait, C E L I N E. Why does that? Do you ever have that when you speak English words? Sometimes after it just sounds like a foreign word, and you have to. Drink. Yeah, and it, it, it never works. <laughs> I don't yeah. know why that. My brain was like, you didn't say it right. Uh, on Instagram, I'm Mandy Seliner. So M-A-N-D-Y-C-E-L-I-N-E-R. Uh, Facebook, just search for Amanda Celine Miller. I really need to get my branding uniform across all the platforms. <laughs> but Amanda C. Miller is taken. And Amanda Celine Miller is too long. Oh. Yeah, that was the problem with uh, the show. Like... On most of the social media, we can do Animation Station podcast, and it all fits fine. Mm-hmm. Twitter's like, no, that's too long. You yeah. can only do, like, 15 I'm like, characters. Well, that sucks. Yep. Yeah, because it's, it's easier to just be like, hey, I'm at Animation Station on all platforms. But, of course, it's like, nope, Twitter. Yeah, because Twitter, I think I'm one letter too long if I wanted to do Amanda Celine Miller. Uh, yeah, I think we're, like, five. So, yeah. So, like, yeah, all of our stuff across the board, Amanda, yeah, I mean, my gosh, is Amanda C. Miller. That's how you can find all of our stuff. No, it's, it's just all animation station, and then Twitter's just that animate podcast. And you're like, what? It doesn't fit. Yeah, it's dumb. So that's why I usually just direct people to my website and just say, like, AmandaCMiller.com or AmandaSelineMiller.com, because I got both those domain, domain names. I snatched them up. So, yeah, if you, if you just go to my website, it lists all of my social media links and where to find my web series and where to find the books I've narrated on Audible, et cetera, et cetera. So it's probably the best place to go. Perfect. And we'll put all of those links in our show notes. Awesome. And and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast, on Twitter at Animate Podcast, on Tumblr and Facebook, and Vero at Animation Station Podcast. You can also find all of our episodes at animationstationpodcast.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, basically anywhere that you can listen to a podcast. All right, Amanda, that this was this was so much fun. I'm glad we were able to ramble. Yeah, I I wish more podcasts were like this because I am an expert rambler. I have a hard time staying on topic, so this is perfect. I I mean, yeah, I had a uh, we had a podcast i did an interview with a webcomic artist uh christina Wynn, and we basically talked for about oh i would say maybe 20 minutes and we were just talking about like card capture sakura and sailor moon and we were just like all out there just like all night we talked about Yu-Gi-Oh and how we would collect pokemon cards but we didn't actually know how to play pokemon so all those all those fun things from the 
freaking 90s nostalgia kids club. I think it's more interesting that way. It's like, you know, I'm yeah. sure these pe- I'm sure if people really wanted to, they could watch, you know, YouTube videos of us at conventions and just they could already they could learn all the stuff about anime and whatnot. So it's kind of cool to hear the other sides of voice actors of like what we're watching on TV or weird stories about listening to people's sects and having to transcribe them. Exactly. Cause I mean, like, yeah, I, I could I could do the whole. How'd you get into voice acting? What school did you go into? Where did you grow up? Like, I I could do all those you know type questions, but like, and that's what I used to do. But now, like, yeah, it's it's just easier because now it's 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 like a it's like a friendly chat. Yeah. Instead of a grilling. Yeah, it's and also yeah, it's like it's it, anything that you could find out on my Wikipedia. Just it, that's boring. Like. Yeah, so I this was fun. Although on my Wikipedia, there's some false stuff too. So oh, oh no! Like one of them, or it's not false, but like one of them is like a project I'm not in, and then another one is like so I I tweeted something once jokingly because people before Sailor Moon came out, they're like, "What what's Jupiter gonna sound like?" And I was like, "Here you go." And I tweeted a link of like Harvey Firestein, who has like this really, he's got this I... voice like you know like talks like this. And I was like, here you go. This is what Jupiter's going to sound like. You're welcome. Um, and I guess somebody took me seriously. So now I think it's I think it's still on my yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, it, it is on your Wikipedia. Like when I was pulling up some of your credits, I looked at it and I was like, really? Harvey Fires? And like that is nothing. Like that's not even close. Uh, yeah. And I, I don't know how to like there's no sarcasm font. So I'm like, man, I'm sarcastic a lot. I need to be more careful because otherwise people are going to be like, you ruined Sailor Jupiter because you wanted to make her sound like Harvey Firestein. I'm like, I didn't. I was joking. Well... There's also the fact, like, there's also a kind of like a nice little plus with that. People will think you'll make her sound like Harvey Firestein, and then they'll be like, I'm going to go listen to this and see how bad it is. And then they go and listen to it, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is actually really good. That's probably a good way to get through life is just lower people's expectations so you're just constantly <laughs> surprising them. <laughs> exactly. Like, all of my uh, all of my characters sound like Russians. So <laughs> there you go. All right, that was yeah, man. This was fun. Um, yeah, you're welcome on any time that you want to come ramble. Well, thank you, and this was this is yeah, this has been really fun. Like sometimes it's harder to get through, but I feel like the conversation flowed naturally. So you're a good interview. Right? Excellent, thank you. So for the Animation Station podcast, my name is Josh. Do I say my name's Amanda? My name's Amanda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody.